Hi, I'm Mrs. W, and I'm a teacher. And I'm Mrs. B, and I'm a teacher. Teaching really is an art, but with our actual degrees and experience in teaching, we have a BS in education. What happens in the classroom doesn't stay. It gets told right here, right now, today. What happens in the classroom doesn't stay. It gets told right here, right now, today. It's a BS in education. Hi, welcome to episode 32 of A BS in Education. We are in person That's next to each other. Right. We are in <laughs> so weird. Miss, Mrs. B Studios. Which is that, my I should have come up with a clever, more kitchen. clever name. I thought I would come up with something. It's no. been a long time. It's been a long time. Go lay down. Oh, and us, us speaking in these excited tones down. made the dog think, would oh, you want to play with me? He's walking around in his giant leg I cast. Know. It's real pathetic. It's sad. so Go sad. Lay down, Go lay down. Go lay down. He's going to be a me. pirate for Halloween. He's going to be a pirate. He's only got one eye. We're, gonna, <laughs> we're working on getting his amputation set up. So he's going to be a three-legged, one-eyed dog. <laughs> He's going to be so cute. Oh, I poor love him dumb. so much. I know, no. poor little dum-dum. So, uh, so Pirate Dogs got plenty of BS to talk about, but let's talk about our BS yeah. this week. What, I'll go first. What happened to you? All right, so so I read this thing several years ago that was like a travel tip and was like, hey, bring your clothes that are getting kind of old on vacation, and you think you can just th- leave them in the hotel. What Somebody, kind of vacation are you going on where you bring where you look like a hobo, right? Tightest clothing, right? Because usually on vacation, I want to look cute for my and pictures, pictures and, stuff. and right, exactly. So, so I read this tip several years ago and was like, eh, I don't know, like that sounds like a good idea, but I don't know if I could actually do it. But then we spent a summer, a summer in Paris. Makes me sound very fancy. <laughs> so I assure snooty. you, I am not. But for the summer in Paris, obviously, I'm bringing a lot of clothes. So I was like, I'm going to bring my oldest tennis shoes. I'm going to bring some old sweats and stuff. And then toward the end of the trip, I'll just dump that stuff. And then I have more room for souvenirs and whatnot, which I did that. And it was great. So fast forward to me, um, summer or wintering down here in the ice storm terribleness. I did the same thing. I brought an old pair of sweats, which I actually have on right now. They have lots of holes if you would like to see them. And then I brought a pair of leggings that also had some holes in the thigh crotchal region, which (laughs) just happens with leggings. So, so it was really cold. This was in the, still the middle of the ice storm. I got out of the shower I didn't dry off like I was supposed to because I was just so cold. So I'm trying to pull up these leggings and I get them most of the way up. But I didn't pull them up like I was. Like, ladies know what I'm talking about. Yeah. You got to, like, really, like, heft them up there. And I did not because I was just just freezing. Like that moment when you get out of the hot shower, but your bathroom is chilly, so you're just trying to get dressed as fast as you can. So I did not do my best job pulling up my leggings. And then I lifted up my leg to hike it on the bed, and it just like... Just like all of Rep. my tights. Oh no, <laughs> that's was... a real mood booster. Yeah, it makes you yeah. Feel good I feel, when you um, tear out of your stretchy pants like I'm, the Incredible Hulk. I know. Uh, <laughs> and I have been enjoying some wonderful food, but I'm gonna choose to believe that it had nothing to do with that, and it's because my legs were wet and I didn't. It's because your pants legs up. were wet. They were your old ratty leggings. They already mm. had pre's. It's like when they film. Uh, whatever they film and they have like breakaway walls and Mm -hmm. stuff and they already have perforations. Yes. They've already weakened it. That's They were weakened and it was just me like hiking that leg up on that bed and they just... The tenacity of the lycra was tested to its max but it was already it was already messed up. That's fine. Um, I do do that where you bring like your oldest crappiest stuff 
but I don't, I don't really do it with my clothes as much as I do with like cosmetic products and stuff. Like I yeah. take the stuff that I'm almost out of, or it's, it's so much that like, if I had to throw it away, I wouldn't really care if mm-hmm. I left it behind. But I always do that. And then I just have like a makeup travel bag with just like a little bit of toothpaste and a little mm-hmm. bit of this and that. So I can just throw everything away. At the end. Yeah. That's where all my rejects go. Um, mine is pretty petty and, and stupid mm-hmm. because uh, many people's pipes burst in their homes during ice apocalypse and they're having to legitimately remodel their homes. Mm-hmm. It's really awful. And uh, in all the ultimate sadness, none of the pipes burst in my home. But we did have really weak water pressure downstairs. So Y'all, I had to take a shower it was upstairs. So it was so hard for me. So I had to go upstairs to the kids' bathroom. When we moved into this house in 2017, we remodeled everything yeah. except the upstairs because it's for the kids. So who, yeah, who gives cares? A shit? Why would I fix Why would I spend money on that? Because they're going to destroy it anyway. But I had to take a shower upstairs and I noticed that the tile in our bathroom, in our bathtub, is like a white with really light gray stripes and the gray has bluish undertones to it but the wall paint which is also it's like a neutral grayish mm-hmm. but that gray kind of has more it's more of a grayish it has like yellow undertones and this really bothers me <laughs> a lot so i decided i'm gonna have to paint this bathroom and then i got out of the shower and i started looking at the floor tile and i was like well if i paint then this floor tile also has more of like a white. If you give a mouse a cookie. If you give a mouse a cookie happened. <laughs> it was real bad. And then I looked at I was like, well, if we're going to do that, might as well do the countertops. So I turned it into a full bathroom remodel project. And it's a very small bathroom. And so I was thinking, well, it's not that much space. It'll only cost a couple of thousand dollars to do everything. But um, I'm not going to do floor tile because right. I'm not. I'm, there are not enough YouTube videos for me to feel confident yeah. enough to do that. Well, you just have to buy so much equipment because you have to get yes, like the little knee pad things. You have to have the saw yeah. that has the water. It's, yeah. It's, it's a lot of stuff. An and investment. I also know, even if I did like peel and stick vinyl, I'd still have to cut stuff with an exacto yeah. knife or something. And I know myself enough to know that if I start a project and don't finish it within three hours, I'm never going to finish it. will never be finished. So that would be, and then I'd have to pay somebody to come fix all the mess I made. So I got, uh, and my husband is a lot smarter than I am. He's like, that's not going to cost. He's like, you, yours is going to be at least $5,000. I was like, no, it's not. It's a really small bathroom. <laughs> and so Miss course- B told me about this last week. And I was like, oh, yeah, you're totally right. You can right? totally do it for two grand. Well, of so, well, here's the deal. I got a quote for if we were to have somebody do everything. Mm-hmm. So like they paint, they repaint the cabinets, they install the mirrors and the light fixtures and stuff. Because honestly, all it really needs to be done is somebody else put in the floor tile, which is mm-hmm. maybe 30 square feet. Yeah. And then somebody put on a new countertop, which which is like four feet across. And then that's it. Because my yeah. husband can do the toilet. He can hang a damn mirror. Mm-hmm. I can redo the light fixture. So anyway, the total quote was like seven grand. And I was like, <laughs> so I was like, I guess we could put it off. But also I haven't printed it out to look at if I took out this and this and this, right. what would it actually be for those two things that I actually cannot do by myself? Right. So anyway, it's so petty because people are really needing contractors. And also they're like, well, we wouldn't be able to get to this until like four to six weeks. And then I'm wondering, will I even care anymore in four to six weeks? <laughs> because uh, my shower pressure will be totally, be b- totally back to normal by then. Back so in this I don't bathroom. know. Anyway, I'm a petty ass bitch. Yeah. And everybody has real problems, but I don't. We want. <laughs> so this week's topic is intrinsic motivation versus extrinsic motivation. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. I don't know if you remember this from college or any of your education courses, but I I vividly remember being trained that we should be working to intrinsically motivate students. Yeah. 
to do well because they love learning and they want to be successful. Oh, let's, will you explain to let's us explain the difference first? Just, sure. Just to make sure. So intrinsic is, as the prefix in would imply, where you are internally motivated to do something. Yeah, like so, attaboys and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, you're not, it's not the cookie, the carrot dangling in front of you. It's, I just want to be a better person. I just want to do the right thing. So for, uh, that would be just like, as an adult taking a taking a college course because you just want to learn some stuff yeah. or you know you just want to grow as a person not because it's free not and it's... you're going to get an extra credential right so and that now you're regretting it because it's sucking up your weekends because you don't really want to do it <laughs> um so some examples of this are like i just want to be a good teacher not because of the pay but because i genu- genuinely want to help people so i feel like teachers are intrinsically yeah. motivated to do a good job for the most part There are some caveats to that. I'll get to that in a moment. Um, Or like uh, when you volunteer to do something, not because people are going to put you in a magazine for being in People magazine for like, look at what these great people did, Mm -hmm. but just because you genuinely want to help. And then there's the extrinsic motivation, which is I'm going to give you $10 for every A on your report card. I'm going to give you a sticker for all on this chart for whatever you get. I'm going to give you can't if all of you guys can get through the afternoon without me having to send anybody out of the room, you all get Tootsie Rolls at the end of the day. Like these are extrinsic Mm -hmm. motivators. So the good thing about extrinsic motivators is you get payoff real fast. Right. And so if you're in a pickle or if you're just too exhausted to figure out how to intrinsically motivate someone, because that's a challenge, you can just dangle some Starburst and get it done with. And honestly, yeah. It's kind of nice to just have that jar of candy to wave in front of their faces. Yes. However, I have, I oh, have a uh, I have a friend who listens, Miss C. Hey, Miss C, what's up? Hi. And she's in a middle school, and she was really having trouble. And we, when she first started teaching, we were talking pretty regularly, and I was trying to give her tips and like saying, no, that's totally unreasonable. You need to CC the principal because there was some like dangerous behavior happening in her classroom and I was like hey, you need to have that in writing mm-hmm. um but anyway I was like this sounds really terrible because she had a middle school mostly boys class mm-hmm. that was just really rambunctious when they came back from I don't know PE or yeah big break whatever they call recess but it's they call it something else because they're in middle school um and that's exactly what I did. I was like, go get back a Starburst. Mm-hmm. And I was like, but but the way I do it is I don't even announce the Starburst no. because... It's just a random surprise. That so I will just like, when I'm trying to give directions, anything like that, and there's, you know, you always have those two or three kids that are really good and sitting, and mm-hmm. I just walk up to that child and put a Starburst on their desk so that everybody else can see it. Yes. <laughs> and, and, and it was like... Um, so I would do a couple and then you wait and see if kids are getting good, but you don't do it right away. Mm-hmm. You got to make that shit last. So then you wait like another 10 minutes and like you walk to your desk and get the starburst, not in a dramatic no, way, but kind of like, like kind of slowly so and purposeful. And then yeah. you, you know, the kids hear like the crinkle of the bag. Uh-huh. Uh, and then you walk around and do another round of starburst. And you just, if you do it well and you, you might have to the first couple. This sounds like training a dog. This sounds what I was so just awful. thinking. It sounds like the little clicker. Yes. But I, I was like, the first class, you might go through a whole bag of Starbursts because you're having to give them out every 10 minutes. But eventually. But eventually down right and then maybe it's just a like every other class thing everybody gets one on their way out the door yeah and i'm fine with giving a starburst 
I know. I, I know. Too. But and like, I know in my teacher brain that that is wrong. But bitch, have, when's the last time you were in the I'm classroom? Saying. It's so that's what I'm hard. Because mm-hmm. I remember from all of my stupid graduate courses, the courses were stupid. The actual training was really good. Like when I was mm-hmm. in the classroom, right? But just you know, talking about this exhaustively about how you need to resist the urge to bribe the kids to do well because then. It's going to just train them to only do things for this reward that they're getting. It's an external reward that they Mm -hmm. don't really have control over. Right. And they can't control their joy. And I get that, but also. But if you have a class that's truly out of control. Yes. It's impossible. Because when I have a class where everything is going well and I walk up to a student and I go, there's a salt and pepper shaker. Oh my goodness, Pepper, you have done such a good job you must feel really proud of yourself look at all of that hard work you did it did oh salt doesn't that look great pep but like when everybody's chill and like if 75 percent of the class is doing what they're supposed to intrinsic baby all day long but when it tips to 51 percent it's over it's awful well you have to get them to the point where you can have that. Right, piece. where you have that relationship. But this that's what this problem right. with Miss C was having was it was the beginning of the school year. These kids didn't know no. her. And they don't they, care about yeah, you. Yeah, they yes. just are in this theater class rotation. They're like, I didn't pick this. Yeah. This is where I am. I'm going to stand on this desk. And I'm going to do what I want to do. It's very true. Yeah. Um, and that also comes with like parent. I have a huge problem with parents paying their kids for grades. And I guess oh explain you've I've heard this this okay. rant or seen this rant on Facebook before. Here's so my, explain it. Here's to Here's my us. deal with it. If you pay your kids for grades, they don't care about their grades except for the fact that I'm going to get thirty dollars for every A and twenty dollars for every B and ten dollars mm-hmm. for every C. And to me, okay. So for example, my son he could wipe his butt with a test and get an A on it. I'm not paying him for that shit. Right, but because if I, it's not difficult it's for It's not him. hard. He doesn't have to work to get right. that A. Whereas my daughter is very young, so I'm hoping this won't be the situation, but let's assume that my daughter really has to work hard to get an A. So if I start paying her and I'm not paying my son, that's going to cause some shit in mm-hmm. my home. But also she's working really hard to get that grade. However, I don't want her to feel like if the B is the best she can do or the C is the best she can do, I don't think it's fair to hold back, I just don't think it's, I don't think it's equitable. Yeah. It's not like when you go to your job and you work really hard in sales and you get your commission, that's because people say, well, like kid, kids, kids work is school. And right. So if they, you know, however much work they do, that should pay off in grades, but that's not how that works. Uh, we've talked about grading and how bullshit it is anyway. Like what if one of my kids has a teacher who is a dick with grades and one of my teachers one of my kids' teachers just sprinkles A's like mm-hmm. butterflies and starburst in a classroom. I just don't think it's, I don't think What's it's What's that? I cannot remember. I've seen this phrase a lot of times. I'm going to butcher it. But it'll. it's usually accompanied with a picture of like a, a big dog and a puppy. And you see that the puppy is like up to its eyeballs in mud. Or and like the, the big dad dog and is the only, fence. With the, yes. And yeah. there's a stool. Do you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, it's fair like, is not yes, equal. Yes. Equal is... Wait, fair is not equal, equal. Fair doesn't always mean equal. Is that yes, what it is? Something yes. Something like that. Yes. It's like what this kid needs is not what this other kid right. needs. Right. So just because I have to give this kid an extra boost or a stool doesn't mean that they're getting something extra. Right. That's just what they need but kids to don't succeed. See that. Right. Kids don't right. see that. So that's that's the really hard part, especially within your own home. And then 
I have these asshole kids who get paid for their good grades that don't have to try. And so in class, they don't give a shit. Like I can't intrinsically motivate them to try hard because they know that they're going to get $30 or $50 for that A no matter what, no matter how much work or effort they put into anything. And that's what, that's what drives me crazy. I guess I don't have as much of a problem with it with a kid who's working their ass off to get those grades. Like with that, I'm kind of mm-hmm. okay with it, but it's these douchebags who, they're not douchebags, they're just naturally smart kids or naturally good testers, whatever it is. But those kids getting paid for their grades, I think is horseshit. I just mm-hmm. think it's real dumb. I have a question, which you might know because you actually have kids. Um, when I was a kid, when it was report card time, there were a myriad of local businesses I could visit and get a free cookie or personal pan pizza. As far or... as I know. Is that still I, a thing? I don't know. I have not, as a teacher in the schools and as a parent of a pretty much straight A student, I have never gotten a thing that's like, come to Chick-fil-A for a free kid's meal or anything mm-hmm. like that. But man, I would have done anything for a personal pan pizza when I was yeah. a kid. Like the Book It Club with the stars yeah. and Ooh, those your A so on the good. report card. All of that. They had the little puffy stars. Yes. The puffy stars. The puffy stickers. stickers. I was very into those. but I, I was too. I don't know. There was a place that did free cookie. You got one cookie if you were on A, B on a roll, but I think you got two if you got straight A's or something. And of course, these businesses just want your parents to come That's in there and exactly spend money. But dude, did I feel like a fucking rock star. Oh, yes. I mean, as a business But I also promo, never studied. If you're a business who does that, I don't really have a problem with that. To me, yeah. it's more of the parents mm-hmm. doing that or the teachers always hanging up the work of whoever gets 100 and it's always the same for Oh, kids. so this is a question. So this came up at my old school a few years ago with um, a teacher that put everybody's papers up even if they got an F. So then that stirred a little like, are you trying to shame this kid? And he was like, well, but if I'm not putting their stuff up anyway, then isn't that still sh- I mean, you know their you work's know not, not up theirs. there. Should I just be putting the A uh, students up on the I board? Don't know about that. Yeah, it was um I don't know about that. So at our school, we're supposed to display student work in our classroom and I'm going to be honest, I hung up uh four really good essays from the very beginning of the year and I have not changed them out cuz I'd mm-hmm. have to get on the stool and I don't have time to do it. But they, you know, I didn't know who was going to be my performers at that point. Right. Because this is like the first week of school. But then in the hallway, each teacher has one place, like one hanging space for one child's work in each class period. So I have one for my morning class and one for my afternoon class. So every couple of weeks, I change it out with work by different kids. Um, But I never really put my star students. It's more like, and it's not always hundreds. Like if there's a kid who normally scrapes by with a 70 and they make a 90 on something that's what goes in the hall right and i'll write all over it like look at this strategy and amazing work so those are the kids and i'm mm-hmm. like hey did you see out in the hall and they're like yeah and they're really proud of like the growth so that's yeah. what i shoot for is the kids who aren't used to being celebrated for their grades but i also do stuff to celebrate those those kids who work hard and are straight a students so i have a couple where they finish their work so fast and a lot of them bring their electronics to school. And I've got one, I've got two kids who are always asking me like, hey, can I make a, a Google slideshow about the history of colors or a Google slideshow? Like they'll just bring a topic. I'm like, like hell absolutely. Yeah. And so then but I'll But hold on, that. let me give you a list of what I would actually like you to make a Google slide because <laughs> I have to do a presentation on this next week. <laughs> right? This would be more helpful. Um, but I'll let them do it. And then in the morning before school starts, that 30 minute period where right. they're all just coming in, I'll have it displayed on announcements 
on my nice. slides so that the kids come in and it's displayed and they can show off their work and the zoomies can see it too because I'm sharing my screen with them. So I'll do stuff like that so they can still mm-hmm. toot their horn. Um, but I'm not hanging up the kid who doesn't have to try and is a douche in class all the time right. and gets 100 because to me that's not, that's, you don't deserve that. Um, hey, let's actually take a break let's when we're break. supposed to, <gasps> and then we'll, I know, because we always do it way too late, and then we'll, okay. uh, we'll come back and talk a little more. Sounds good. Oh, yeah. All right, here we are again. So to wrap up ex- extrinsic motivation, things such as grades, just in general grades, yeah. is an extrinsic motivator, which is in that book that I'm still reading, which is so good. Grades for equity. I bought it. I just equity. haven't looked. I'm, y'all, I'm reading like reading four it. different books right now. I, I can't make myself read. Well, I've been slowly reading it because I really want to digest what's in it. Like mm-hmm. it's that good where I'm like, holy crap, this totally changes my thoughts. But grades, behavior charts, um, treasure chests, performance bonuses, test scores, ranking kids, um, the, all of those things directly, like they've done studies on this, they lead to cheating, um, copying homework, lying about things so that you can still get that reward, and then they don't enjoy anything. Okay. I ha- now I have a question for, we have several teachers that listen that are either SPED teachers or um, are like guidance counselors and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I, I, the last place I worked like full-time teaching all the time classroom teacher was in elementary school and we had excellent guidance counselors but a lot of our either sped students or students that had severe behavior problems had behavior charts so (gasps) if behavior charts yeah so if behavior charts are like extrinsic like what else are we supposed I, to do i still use behavior charts yeah, I do and too. i and i use and like, they all have different they all have ones yes. that are very much made just for them yes that was actually my teaching tip is how oh is damn how, it i'm an, sorry i didn't no, read the rest it's, well it's fine and then i won't have to do it later but yeah. that's my teaching tip is uh i'll be more specific about it later i totally use those like okay. i still it's i'm just saying that like this is what studies show but i absolutely use extrinsic rewards and then the kids who don't have the behavior charts in my class, at the end of the day, when the behavior charts do come up to me and get their thing, they're all like, can I have one of those? And I'm like, do you, do you want to be on the cube system? And they look at the kids who have the cubes and they're like, oh no. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so like they know, but also yeah. they're getting bribed for not touching anyone with your school supplies today. Right. Every time you touch someone right. with your school supplies. Um, so I, I mean, again, it's like training the dog. Some yeah. kids, you just have to really train them. Yeah. In addition to that, the school that I'm at is very big on, um, rewarding everyone in the school with like, get, they get little tickets just all the time. Yeah. We, all, we, we always we have our roll of tickets too. and then they, at the end of the week, we cash they draw them in names and, or... and you know what? I don't care. I think like, I know it's extrinsic yeah. rewards, but also I kind of, I just, I still I remember like we had little purple like dollars or tickets or something yeah. and I still remember being in first or second grade and standing in line and the principal walking by and just being like oh look how quietly you yes. are standing in line and handing me some of these shroot bucks or whatever and I was just like <laughs> oh my god <laughs> this is so amazing this purple ticket is from the principal yes. and I wanted to keep that one and not even I was so so excited that hand again I know it, yeah I mean See, but that seems to me like, like, even though it symbolically is extrinsic, there was still like a compliment or something that came with it. It's an acknowledgement of something that you did. Like, I'm proud of what I did to get this. Right. So I 
fully like I understand the studies, but also I do too. I, but I definitely have a bag of Starburst in my classroom. Yes. And also, I think it's easier to reward kids who, because with the grading thing I was talking about, how it's not fair. If you get a hundred and you don't even have to try, but this right. kid who's working their ass off gets right. a seventy-five, and that's just what they get. However, with behavior, if you're doing extrinsic rewards, there's no percentage or like there's no really rules as to how you assign that. So if right. you have a kid with crippling ADHD and they're doing, they're just sitting in their seat, even though they're rocking back and forth and they're just like quietly drumming on their legs with their fingers instead of on the desk, you can go over there and give them four shroot bucks. Yeah. There's no rule that says that you can't reward the shit out of them for doing a better job than they were 10 minutes ago. So, you know, I'm kind of on that boat of like, use it how you need to use it to help those mm -hmm. kids that need it but if there's you know sally silent in the corner and she's never talking i don't give her a ton because i want her to participate more in class and right. so then when she participates then i'll give her one right so to me that you have a lot more flexibility in rewarding the types of behaviors that each individual needs to work mm -hmm. on as opposed to how well can you analyze literature based on and you have dyslexia and here's a 70 you know yeah. to me it's different. all right this is neither here nor there i just had a thought so you know how like teachers that had had or have Harry Potter themed classrooms were all the rage mm -hmm. like 10 years ago. Yep. Can I have an office themed classroom? Would that be inappropriate? Could I actually I give out shroom middle bucks? schoolers and high schoolers right now would love they it. They love the they office. Love it. My Here's some Stanley grader, Nichols. Oh. Yes, some Stanley Nichols. Oh my God. <laughs> my fourth grader loves the office and none of his friends get it. Like yeah. I threw him an office themed birthday party with a yes, giant it is your birthday. Said, it is your birthday. I have so the brown good. streamers with the crappy balloons. Oh, he was so excited. My and nephew was the same said, thing a few years ago. It was just a cake in a, in a pan. I didn't even take it out of the pan with chocolate icing. And it said, fact, you are 10. And he thought it was the funniest <laughs> thing. And all of his friends who were at the party was like, I don't get this. I don't get this Where's the all. Minecraft? <laughs> Seriously. But um, he would he would laugh his yeah. ass off. I think that's, that's a just idea. my, like, Middle if, school and high school if I end up back in the classroom, like full time in the classroom, I think I would do an office thing. And then you could get a teacher stamp that says, great job. That's what she said. <laughs> that's a cheese sandwich. That's a, that's a cheese sandwich. Oh, so good. Yes. Oh, I love that idea. All right. So let's talk about some intrinsic uh, stuff. Mm -hmm. So our goal ultimately as educators is we, we want kids to grow up and be productive members of society. Like, honestly, that's, right. that's the end game. But we also, in our dream world, we want them to love to read. We want them to love learning things in general mm -hmm. we want them to feel inspired by being creative we want them to just enjoy learning things for the sake of learning right right so it's kind of like if you have a kid who is a really good baseball player they don't go practice baseball because they're going to get shroot bucks at every practice they go practice because they want to get better at the sport and they want to improve right so it's kind of like homework ultimately we want kids to understand that homework is to help them build their skill and get better at whatever that right. is. And so the reward wouldn't be you get a hundred on your homework assignment or because you did your homework, but you are now prepared to take this mm -hmm. test and pass this test well. So again, in this book, Grading for Equity, there's this whole section on what do we do about, should there be homework? Should it be graded? If so, how should it be graded? And their assertion is that 
there should there is a purpose for homework if especially in the upper grades where you just have to practice a bunch of division problems right. to understand to how it. to do division right. you just have to do it it's you, like muscle memory or your is. brain muscle you have to read a bunch to become a better reader mm-hmm. like these are just things you have to do and there's studies that show it doesn't really help little bitty kids i i get that yeah we didn't do homework at all at our yeah. elementary school like i hate elementary homework just because the kids don't see the purpose in it they don't Mm -hmm. see it as like yes i do have to practice like my kindergarten daughter right now her homework is to read this little book to me every night and she loves it because she sees herself becoming a better reader like she does her Mm -hmm. i'm a reader i'm a reader and she does her dance she gets so excited (laughs) but if my fourth grader came home with a packet of division problems he would bitch about it endlessly he would not see any value in getting better at it especially for the kids who already know how to do this stuff Right. Like for them, they don't need to come home and do 20 practice problems because they already know how to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, on top of that, when you get to the upper grades, when you get to middle school, high school, and there are grades assigned to it, that's where you find more cheating and more, I'm just going to copy my friend's homework. And then they're not getting anything out so, of it. So I went to like, I went to a, a magnet school, like a magnet and gifted middle school. It was like accelerated. It was, everything was really mm-hmm. difficult everybody cheated like we all got the concepts but we were given so much fucking homework yeah you could there was no way there was no way but it also the majority of it wasn't you didn't need it probably right it wasn't it was just like stuff right out of the textbook so it was like it it was easy you just had to write it read the thing you had to find the bolded word i had to find you know fill in the sentences but we had such an enormous amount of it that people couldn't finish it so in the morning on the bus it was like who's got this one who's got this one and we would just like trade and shuffle yeah Mm -hmm. that's exactly what was in this book is if there's no actual value to it the kids know that Mm -hmm. and so they're gonna cheat they're gonna lie they're gonna my dog ate my homework Mm -hmm. and there's so you're punishing them you're either rewarding them for cheating because mm-hmm. you're giving them a hundred because they they just did it, and then if you're grading for did you do all of this right, that automatically rewards the kids who already know mm-hmm. how to do it, and it automatically penalizes the kids who don't know how to do it. They need some freaking help, and their parents likely cannot help them, or who come from backgrounds where they don't have time for homework at home or didn't have as much educational support, just because they couldn't. Right. So it's hugely inequitable and the kids don't see the value in it you know what i do remember though some actual homework i had this teacher i wish i could remember her name because i would give her a shout out she was really difficult she was like our biology teacher she had like a doctorate she has all Mm -hmm. these degrees and we were doing something on like the life cycle of a mushroom and the spores and i don't know if she told us we could present it however we wanted or if i came up with the idea but I was like, yeah, I'm going to do a whole play about mushrooms and we're going to dress up like different mushrooms. What? Dude, I had like a white trench coat and a white umbrella taped to the back of it so I looked like a mushroom. You looked like a wiener walking around? Yeah, oh, yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I did look like a wiener walking around. But it's like I very specifically remember being in the hall and, okay, you remember your lines. You're going to come in and I'm say this thing. I'm going to squirt my spore out of the top of my head. <laughs> and then the mushroom's going to wilt to the side. <laughs> Now that its work is done, it's just going to slowly sink down into the ground. So that teacher, I'm really wondering, you know, she probably went to some, um, you know, some training seminar or, or training yeah. or something that said like, let no, you kids... should let your kids present however they want to present. And that's what I remember from middle yeah. school. That's the 
one of the only presentations I remember doing because I, and I probably did learn so much more because I was trying to make it fit into this sketch. Yes. So I had to read really and digest how more does it material. How do I understand mm-hmm. it? Absolutely. Yeah. And that's funny you mentioned that because in high school, and this is actually from a teacher that I normally made fun of a lot and did not like, but um, she let us do, we were learning about the, it was human anatomy and it was something about the heart. We had to learn the way mm-hmm. the blood flow went through the heart. And she, I think she gave us multiple ways to do it. Like she let you do a, a PowerPoint presentation if you wanted to, which in the nineties yeah, was, was a lot was of work really fancy. and none of us had any technology unless you went to the computer lab and did right. it at your house. And you had to come in with a floppy card discs and your, yeah. <laughs> so, um, there was that, and there were, there were a couple of ways you could have done it, but I chose to do an illustration of it. And I still, to this day, remember it was beautiful. I might've still mm-hmm. saved it, but it was incredible. And it showed the blood flow through the heart. And I can still tell you the left ventricle and the right ventricle yeah. and the aortic valves and all the stuff. Like I still remember that. Um, so that, that's where the value is, right? Mm-hmm. When the kids are like, I, I'm putting my heart into this and I really have to know this material to get stuff out of it. That's the intrinsic motivation that we are looking for yeah. as teachers. So the, t- the challenge is how do you get kids to understand that? Mm-hmm. And how do you get kids to understand that this kid is already, can already see over the fence. So he probably doesn't need to do a whole bunch of homework, right? but you're a little shorty. So your box mm-hmm. that you're standing on is going home every night and doing 10, long division problems, you know, like that's, yeah. that's the hard part, but here's the value in it. Like see how much you get out of it. So in the book, they kind of talked about some teachers and they were high school teachers talked about how they trained their students to see, like, there's no homework grade and I'm not checking your homework, but I am recording. So in their grade book, they have, a, they have assignments for homework, mm-hmm. but they, the value is zero in their final grade average. The only thing they take grades on is the summative assessments. So then when they get whatever grade it is on the summative assessment, they can go and look at how many homework assignments did you do and directly tie that to, oh, so it looks like you weren't practicing this at home and then you got right. 60 on this test. Let's see what would happen if you did your homework and so they can see that yeah. value. So I thought that was really cool. I don't think it would work with younger kids because they're too young to get it. Right. It's, it's too difficult of a concept too, for them to big. grasp. But middle school, high school, I think that's a great place to start seeing like whatever work you put into it is what you get out of it. Because I didn't know that when I went to college. I was just like, I'm good at everything. So then when I wasn't good at it, I didn't see the value in reading stuff and trying. You know what metaphor I just dropped classes. Um, <laughs> would work? that I use in dance a lot. I don't know if I've ever mentioned this on the podcast before. So, so, uh, ballet, a lot of kids thing is pretty boring. You do all this. Yes. That's you do all this stuff at the bar. So you just have to do thousands of plies and tendus and releves Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And kids will get super just like, why do we do this same thing every week? Because you can't do anything else. Right. So it's, so I compare it to, Okay, well, let's talk about, you know, football players and baseball players and these. When they go up to the bat and swing the baseball bat, um, what, what do you think that they do in the gym beforehand? Are they just swinging a bat over and over again? And eventually some kid will be like, oh, they do push-ups, they do sit-ups. Blah, yeah. blah, blah. And they sell something like, okay, so when you see a football player or a basketball player or whatever, um, do they walk out onto the court and just start doing push-ups? And they're like, no. no. So eventually they can make this correlation of the plies are your exercises your... that build uh, that build it up yeah. so that you can do these big leaps and turns and the fun stuff, just like the basketball players have to do lots of push-ups so that they can shoot the ball really I'm far. Support. Yeah. yeah. So I'm thinking that metaphor 
might be useful for yes. students with with homework, but it's still so much more difficult when it's not tangible. Like dance moves are right. tangible. And like, I can I see that to, you can do it. I want to be able to right. dance Swan Lake, but right. I don't give a crap if I can do calculus. Or right. Not. It's not <laughs> That's as the hard part. fun. That's the hard part because <laughs> the end game in education is so far away. Mm-hmm. It's like, what is your profession going to be? Like, I don't care if I can do. I remember being five years old and like crying and my mom being like, what's wrong? And I was like, do I have to go to college? And she was like, (laughs) because someone had explained to me that there are 12 grades plus kindergarten is 13 years of college, 13 years of school and then college. And I just was like, that's just too long. I couldn't comprehend it. And I was like inconsolable until my mom told me I didn't have to go to college. Oh, thank God. Oh, good. Thank God. I can do 13 years, (laughs) but not one day more. When you're five, that is three times your life. Mm-hmm. Holy crap. Yeah, that's that's tough. Oh, so, so, so before we move on, I want to ask you, when you were a student, or even now, what motivated you? I don't know. When I was little, I just, I really enjoyed being better than everybody I, else. That was me. <laughs> I took a lot of pride in being better than everyone else. I don't think also, I was a jerk. Like, I don't think I rubbed it in. But, like, I, I knew in I kindergarten that I was in the red group. And yeah. that was the smart group. Yeah. I w- in kindergarten, I was smart kids, enough to know I was the smart absolutely group. absolutely know if they're in the smart group or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, I definitely knew. And I never said anything because I was very shy and quiet as a child, believe it or not. I was not. But to me, yeah. And, but also, I feel like that's why I wouldn't try anything that I knew I wouldn't really be good at. Like, right. I hated PE because yeah. I could not run fast. And my thighs would tickle when I ran. Yes. And I couldn't do a pull-up. And I did not do well on the presidential physical fitness test. Like, I wasn't, I wasn't out of shape, but I just was not athletic or coordinated. Mm-hmm. So I hated PE. So I can understand, I 100% understand kids who get into you know, English and they friggin' hate it because they don't read very well. Like right. I loved all of that because I I'm yeah, a book. I loved English until loved sixth grade reading. when we had to diagram sentences. And then, and then I was like, like, What? This is not okay. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand and what this why. means at and all. Also as educators, um, what what skill is that building? Like what I don't what know. is the end game in that? She was so mean. That's the uh, first time I ever got a C in my life. I got a C in oh, English this semester no. that we were only diagramming sentences and I was like, Can Gross. we just read a book, please? Yeah. And I can tell you what it means. Yeah. But I do not I don't know what a past participle is. Or I don't understand what branch it's supposed to nope. be on. Nope. It was awful. I think that's a lot of education when we were growing up though, is nobody really told you what the purpose of what you mm-hmm. were learning was. Like how this would show up in your real life that's as a grown up. What? I'm reading about in my book that's over there small teaching or small some I don't know yeah. I'll put it in the show notes you've got it you've got to see that you've got to see the end game mm-hmm. um and I think I think that's more focus in the classroom now is like letting kids in on like why are we doing all of this and sometimes like I'll be teaching stuff and I don't know why we're I just yeah. tell kids whatever grammar thing that we're working on or spelling thing I'm like you know what some of us it's just really hard to spell and the great news is there are dictionaries and there you can Google any kind of spelling. Yeah, I'm not great so when at you're spelling. Adult, when you're an adult, it's going to be okay. I'm like, for right now, we're just trying to make sure that we can spell words that we use all right. the time. Like friend and because and, you know, these. Just to be a good through, communicator. They right. does not have an A in it. Like these are just some things that you need to know, fourth mm-hmm. grade. So that's what I try to impress upon them. And we really don't teach like spelling lists. We just teach rules like 
change the Y to an I and you add ES. Just basic things that apply to almost everything. And I, for everything in spelling and everything in grammar, every day that we talk about it, I'm like, and why are we talking about compound sentences? Like, who cares? And Mm -hmm. the kids know to go, because we, it makes us better writers. I'm like, yes, because you can communicate better on paper. Right. Which is, it's always going to be an important skill to be able to communicate on paper. So that's what I tie everything to. And then for reading, it's to me that's that's a lot easier because I'm like there there is no adult on this planet who has any modicum of success in their life who doesn't have to read every day. Mm-hmm. That was an article. Someone posted an article recently that was just highlighting all of these super successful people like mm-hmm. Oprah and Steve Jobs and all these other and all of them. It was read, like what read, all read. of these people have in common. They all say that like there were voracious readers coming up and it just exposed them to so many. Ooh, ooh. take your vitamins. Okay, I'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> Remind me in an hour. It's like, what magic just happened? <laughs> take your oh. pills. Okay. Because they don't remember anything. I don't either. Um, yeah, they read. They read yeah. all the time. And it was just saying that like as a child, it just opened their mind to new ideas and experiences. It opens experiences. all these different doors and different parts of your and brain. And makes you curious. Yeah. It will annoy the shit out of your parents because you ask so many. And I still do it. Yeah. I drive my husband fucking crazy because yeah. we're just driving down the street. And I'm like, hey, why do you think that thing is like that where it is? And he'll be like, I don't know. Uh, and I'm like, well, look in your mag- magic computer, yeah. your phone. I'm driving. I'm look, driving. I want to know. Right I don't know what it is. <laughs> Drives him nuts. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, we, we have that we have that problem in my house. And also, it it takes you out of whatever small world you live in as a child because mm-hmm. as a child you know your family and you know your community at school and you mm-hmm. might know your sports family or your church family or whatever it is but that's all the exposure right. you have so you kind of have to read unless you're on youtube all the time which is a pr- yeah, big problem because then that's a different thing. kind of world that you might not yeah. want to be exposed to um so to me those are important things math too i would try to tie that in all the time uh, let's see. Ba, 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 ba. All right. So we have on here, like, what are some, some intrinsic motivators you have used? My, my big thing, I've talked about this before is individual goal setting. Yeah. Where all the kids know where they are as individuals. Like they get every assessment and checkpoint that we do, they get it back and we look at what skills they're missing. Not just like, oh, I missed numbers. I missed seven of them. I'm like, what, what mm-hmm. skills did you miss? Oh, I, d- I don't know how to summarize. I clearly can't do this. I, right. These spelling questions on the revising part, I don't know how to do those. And I'm like, okay, so we're going to hammer summarizing. Here's how we're going to do it with sticky notes in our book that we're reading on our own. And here's how we're going to work on the spelling. I'm like, let's work on these three spelling rules right. this month and let's see how you do on the next one. So for me, it's very individualized. Like, And then we look at the next assessment they take and we look at the ones they missed. And oh, I missed, I still missed five. And I'm like, what kinds did you miss? Oh, I missed this and this. Did you miss any summarizing? No, I got the summarizing right. Oh my gosh. Right. You did it. Like you right. worked on that skill and you learned it. What, what are we going to work on this time? To me, that is so important. And it takes time. Like you have to take time out of class to train kids how to look at what it, the skill is and then pick that skill to work on specifically and then give them the tools to get there. But to me, that's the best possible yeah, intrinsic I'm, motivation. I'm just thinking about... Um more middle and high school students, Mm -hmm. how much more difficult that is when you're teaching hundreds of students. Yes. And like, wouldn't it be nice in their advisory or homeroom classes if this just became a thing everybody did to set goals? Right. As opposed to sitting around and doing your homework or doing nothing. Because that's what you do during that time is honestly 
mm-hmm. try to fill collect the time. money for the bake sale or whatever. Correct. Um, yeah, I just just once a week, once a week goal setting. Take out whatever assessments you got back that you have in your hands and mm-hmm. look through them. Because and if you train them during elementary school and early, that's middle what school, I'm saying. Like elementary, I feel like it, that's it's, when you train them. It's really really easy for elementary schools to have like these big overarching goals of right. we are we as a school. This is the thing we want to work on. Is we want students to be able to recognize individual skills and set goals for them. But I feel like in middle and high school, it's so much each teacher is their own island. Correct. God, I wish there was something it's that really connected hard. the two. It's really hard. And then in our, you know, in the hallways, we can show like, okay, well, on this on this checkpoint, 70% of the class mm-hmm. passed it. And then, oh, this next checkpoint, 72% of the pa- class passed right. it. And we have these little growth charts. Um, and at the middle school I, I used to teach at, they would do that as well. But it wasn't as individualized, mm-hmm. focused as it is now. So I think it's a whole like from starting from the ground floor. You have to train right. how to how to analyze. Their yeah, own so that work that point they're just doing it so themselves. So that they know how to do it by then. Yeah, that's the tr- tough part. So again, it all starts in elementary school. It all starts in kindergarten when all you mm-hmm. have to do is babysit a bunch of kids and give them coloring books. That's where it all starts, <laughs> right, folks? I would be a kindergarten uh, teacher. All right. Uh, do we need anything else or is it time for teaching tips? Um, I think it's time for teaching tips. Woohoo! Tips on teaching. Okay, you go first. All right. So um, we all love to make fun of how writing your objective on the board Sucks. is dumb and I doesn't do actually do anything. However, so you, everybody knows I'm taking this grad class on um, learning and course design and stuff like that. Actually, this one's all on assessments. Um, and they did these fucking studies that having the objective and having students understand what it is. This is a co- this is on college students, mm-hmm. though, makes the students perform way better because sometimes yeah. they just don't understand what they're Why supposed to this? learn. I don't know that this is the same for elementary because a lot of times the objective in elementary schools in order for you to know what you're trying to teach you have to use language that students wouldn't necessarily grasp so trick. oh what yeah you tell put me in your lesson plan is different than what you put on the board right so if we're working on making inferences i'm not going to put that on a first grade classroom wall i'm going to put we will guess what the character is really thinking. Yes. Yeah, so that's actually my teaching yeah. tip is to, to because I'm trying to, I think the majority of our teachers are more in elementary and middle and high and not so much in college. So my teaching tip is involve your students in your learning objectives mm-hmm. uh, because these studies say they do. So ways to make it, you know, have um, a word jumble, leave out a word, have them just have pictures, have them try to guess what that. it is. Yeah, so this article, I'll, I'll post the article. That's this fantastic. article had like a hundred different ways. It was really like 10 different ways and sure, they all had a little twist on them, yeah. but it was good. And That's they were saying, great. you know, you just make that your five minute bell work. And all it does is give students a clue as to what they're focusing on. What a great idea. Yes. And then they have to be involved. Because yeah, I post my objective and I know that when the kids know what the objective is, that they mm-hmm. do a better job. I know that, and yet I still never... But it just becomes like white noise. Well, I, yeah, I never, I never thought of it either. So I'm so glad That's what my what my teacher idea. did was she gave us like 10 articles to choose from and was like pick two and yeah. then write, uh, you know, something on a discussion board. So I'm really glad I picked this one because... That's really yeah. cool. I mean, you could give all the kids a sticky note 
mm-hmm. and let them try to figure out what it is and go slap it up. Yeah, and they were the like, board. it doesn't have to be a big thing. Like you said, it can just be your yeah. bell work or your warm-up thingy That's of the day. That's a warm-up. Yeah. And then you don't have to print a bunch of worksheets. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do a bunch of slideshows and think of new stuff. You just focus. You do what you have to do anyway, mm-hmm. and you just have it. Up. What a great idea. Yeah. Mega snaps for that. Oh, I love that. Mine is uh, an extrinsic bribery tool. Yeah. So this is, I mean, you talked about it earlier. It's your behavior plan. So mm-hmm. I, I made one. I went and looked at uh, PBIS online. There's a kajillion things. It's positive behavior. Enforce. In, intervention. Intervention. System. Something system. Something. Yeah. It's an acronym that I don't know all the letters for, but or the words for. But it's, you know, you give the kids goals and then whenever... So the way I do it is I have um, just a, I give them a stack of ten Unifix cubes at the beginning. Are those of the, the day. little ones that clip little together? Cubes. Yeah, okay, little all right, cubes all right. Stick together. So um, and then we we have two goals, and they're not everybody gets these. These of course are for the kids who just cannot effing get their sh- and it's usually the kids with ADHD mm-hmm. or maybe a little bit on the spectrum or there's something going on, right? right? Um, or even a kid who just has a terrible home life. And so they take everything out at school. So we pick two goals. Like most of my kids right now are, um, speak on topic with permission <laughs> and, <laughs> and those, that's actually for two of my really smart, smart ass kids who just have something to fucking say yes. after everything. And I'm like, shut your goddamn mouth. Um, so that, and then like, don't, and keeping, uh, your hands and school supplies off of other people. Those are usually <laughs> my things. So every time they break it, I'm like, just go go put a cube on my desk and put, uh, like, touch with your finger while you're putting a cube on my desk on your little card. And then at the end of the day, they come and I give them tickets for however many cubes they have left. Mm-hmm. And so I record at the bottom of their little card how many cubes they had left at the end of the beach day. And then at the end of the week, if they had a to- or at the end of each day, they had eight or more cubes left. We know that they've master Mm -hmm. that skill so now we add a new skill so and it it works pretty well there's one kid who was not motivated at first because he's like i don't like any of the things these tickets come i don't care about any of this and i was Mm -hmm. like you make up your own list you tell me we'll figure it out and so one of the things he wanted was um like a pokemon deck which they're like 12 13 dollars i'm like if when you collect 400 tickets i will get you a pokemon deck and that kid's gonna take him all year long to get 400 But you know what? He's working his ace off for Good. it. Good. Yeah, so uh, whatever. So if it's not working, make it work. And make it ex- make it extrinsic. And who gives a shit? Because what works, works. <laughs> I'm just trying to get through the get day. Get through the days, please. Okay. How about some uh, screaming in the parking lot? Whoop, whoop. Screaming in the parking lot. All right. I actually uh, stole my screaming in the parking lot from a Facebook group because, you know, last week was so bad that I couldn't think of anything to complain about this week. <laughs> Comparatively, I was like, it's not that bad it in the feels long pretty, run. feels pretty good right now. Um, okay. So uh, this, this teacher, Miss H, teaches in a district that has been mostly has been either in-person or hybrid since like Labor Day. So mm. so we know that like Los Angeles, uh, uh, New York, a lot of big cities have not been in person a single day yet. So oh, she prefaced, prefaced it by saying like, parents have had the option to send their kids since September. I just wanna tell you that. They are in a state where teachers are in phase two of, of the vaccine. It's different in every state. Mm-hmm. Um, so their teacher or their school Facebook sent out an announcement that was like, hey, um, 
great news. Uh, Salt and Pepper Clinic has agreed to come to our school on March 16th and give all of our educators their vaccine so that they don't have to schedule schedule it. Like, mm-hmm. we're all just going to get it. So that will be a remote teaching day. Yes. And all the comments are just like, it's why can't these teachers do teacher. it on their lunch break? Haven't they had enough days off already? This is horseshit. <gasps> Isn't that what a planning period is for? And yeah. I'm just like, oh, why? oh, my God. You. I know. Oh, that incenses me. Right? And this is not a school. Like I said, in Los Angeles, they haven't been back at all yet. Not that I'm saying parents should ever talk to their about their teachers that way, but this school has they've they've had they've been in person. Like they've been in person. What a bunch of assholes. Mm-hmm. Unfreaking real. So Miss H, we are screaming for you. We're screaming for you and with you. And parents, if you're listening. Just go back and listen to some other episodes, please. Would you please just <laughs> empathize, empathize just a little bit? We know that you're not empaths like we all are, but come on. Um, so my screaming in the parking lot is, apparently everybody else knew this, and I did not, that, you know how I told you all these cool writing tips mm-hmm. that we're using this year to get really good essays? Well, next year, they're changing the format of the standardized test so that there is no writing portion. It's going to be totally different, but only... Only 75% of the test can be multiple choice. So the others are all going to have to be like short answer, I guess. So we're going to have to completely redo everything that we're probably not even going to teach essays next year, which makes me really sad because they need to know how to write them. But since it's not going to be how anything is tested, we're just going to have to completely throw out the book. And I'm so pissed off. I'm so pissed off and annoyed. I mean... I hate I hate the multiple choice thing. I know that it's not right, but come on, man! I'm just so pissed off. Yeah, I'm so annoyed. F and done. Uh, but it's all worth it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so my my all worth it is we recently came back to we started our third uh, marking period, and so more parents had the chance to send their kids back. And only a handful came back, but they're doing so much better. Like Good. A just being thousand in person. Perc- just being in person because they're actually doing their stuff. And I like them so much more than I did when they were online. I think just because they never talk when they're right. online. Right. I have two kids who talk to me online and I don't I could not tell you the sound of their voice or tell you what their mm-hmm. faces look like because all I see is their forehead. And now they're in person <laughs> and I'm so excited and it's so much better. So I'm just really happy. Thank you, parents, for sending your kids back and trusting us yes. to keep kids safe. Uh, so last week I had a student that was like, forgot that we had a big presentation due that day. So he did it the next class. His was so good. It was oh, by good. far the best one. So I don't know if he felt bad and like Cranked really, really gave it the extra uh, college try, literally, or if it was always going to be that good and he literally just misunderstood when the date was. But it was fantastic. That's great. It was a fantastic presentation. He did a fantastic it. job. So good job, kid. Good job, buddy. Maybe he works well under pressure. He's that guy who just yeah. needs. Oh, and then we had a, I'm glad I put a note. We had a um, all worth it moment that got sit into us by Miss R that I'm going to read right now. Um, 
So I think this is a tweet from someone. It says, I've said this before, but one of the only reasons I'm a writer, this is a tweet from a writer, I should have said that. One of the only reasons I'm a writer is because I had a teacher in third grade who looked at my poem about clouds and said, you can be a writer when you grow, grow up. It stayed with me forever. Teachers don't underestimate what your words can do for students. That's, Aww, so that's so sweet. Just like I remember that principal giving me a purple ticket. And you can be you a can land line stander stand when you grow up. Quietly, like nobody's <laughs> business when you grow up. Oh, I love that. So that's nice. Great. Thanks so much, Miss R, for sending that in. Y'all send in your teaching tips. You're all worth it moments. You're screaming in the parking lots. If you record them, we will play them on the show. Um, do you have a BS in education? We want to hear from you. Email us at bsineducation2020 at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at BS and Education. Give us a call at 234-73-TEACH. That number, as always, will be in the show notes. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. And this has been uh, BS in Education. Classes ended, time to go. Pick up your crayons off the floor. Classes ended, time to go. I don't want to see your face no more. Thank you for listening to ABS in Education. Oh, my tummy hurts.